Ben Jawalski, what's going on? I am so excited for everyone who's watching this. You get to see a completely fresh scale and bill experience. We are leveling up our professionalism, folks. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it was by, if by leveling up you mean spending money, then yes, we leveled up because I spent a lot of money for whatever that's worth. Good. Good thing I didn't. That's fair. <laughs> Actually, most of most of the money I spent was on this room prior to putting any of this podcasting stuff in. Uh, I got tired of podcasting from my kitchen, and uh, I wanted a better background. And my guitar room is the best background, so you get to see all my guitars, which I will not be playing. But it's my favorite room in the house, and uh, I love it. So. And now you're all of your guitars technically are business write-offs. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about that. Holy! Oh shit. yeah, I think about all those things, man. Well, I guess it's time to buy another Gibson 335 or, or another Les Paul. I don't know. Man, I got enough guitars. I'm barely going to be able to put my daughter through college as it is. I got the first college bill this week, and I'm like, oh, man, we better sell some more ads for this podcast. <laughs> well, we, just of, need more, we need more amazing sponsors like you can. I know. Well, speaking of you can, I, I started, we're going to talk about Murph prep tonight. And I started my Murph prep this week and I figured I'd lead the you can discussion by saying for all of you guys doing Murph, which by the way, it's coming at you like a freight train. I mean, we're like three, four weeks out at this point, four, almost four weeks out. And, uh, you know, unless you are the speediest MFR on the planet, it's 30 minutes plus for everyone so there's more more like 40 minutes plus for everyone oh yeah way more it's than gonna, 30 minutes for most people yeah well if you're in a vest it's absolutely gonna be 40 minutes plus you need you can in your life because trust me like i you know as, as i've started my prep on three days in and you know every workout at this point because i'm also lifting and doing metcons and whatever but you know i'm adding 20 to 30 minutes to my workout and you can't save in my life dude and i'm not saying that because they're paying us like it is literally saving my life to have enough energy to get through those workouts so i'm telling you like you want to prep for a 40 minute workout you need some long standing energy go to youcan.co and use our code scale because you'll save 20 percent. tastes great and it'll power you through the workouts well speaking stuff. of murph um and fueling effectively there actually, there is science that I'm not going to try to quote right now, but uh, basically once you get to workouts that are longer than about 30 to 45 minutes, once you start stretching at 45 minutes plus, uh, you're at a significant disadvantage if you aren't refueling carbohydrates during the actual event. That's why triathletes, marathoners, things like that, like have uh, a basically they have some sort of source of carbohydrate that they're consuming and needs to be a carbohydrate that's easy to consume, but it's not just pure sugar that makes you, you know, get all gummy and syrupy in your mouth, things like that. So that's why like mixing a scoop of the energy powder could be a really smart thing to do right in the middle. Like you sip on that in the middle of Murph as you're doing some transitions, not wasting much time, but actually that should help you be able to power through that last run a little bit more. And there's that, it's not just, you know, hearsay it's it's actually scientifically proven that if you replenish some carbohydrates in the middle of longer sessions it's gonna help you out dude why is that last run so bad because you don't have enough carbohydrates <laughs> no 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 no. i mean yeah don't get me wrong you can go buy some you can it'll help here's, here's but why that last run so is terrible it is it's, so terrible it's because the first run is bad and when you hit the second run you're like oh it, it'll feel about like the first run 
but you don't realize that you've just done 600 repetitions of other movements, 300 of which were squats. So, but the bottom line is you're smoked. So when you go to that second one mile run or second run, depending on how you're scaling it, oh my goodness, it's, it's in a completely different, like we want to think it's the same, even though on paper, oh yeah, it's a one mile run with a weight vest. It's two totally different stimulus. The, the very rare is anyone going to be able to maintain the same pace on both. Um, so that's why <laughs> long story short, that's why. So I doubt we have anybody so new they don't know, know what Murph is. But on the off chance that we do, every year Memorial Day, gyms all over the world, especially in the U.S., are doing what's called Murph, which is a hero wad dedicated to uh, Michael Murphy, who was a, a soldier who lost his life um, in Afghanistan. Did I have that right? Yep. That's right, right? Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it, it's one of the very first workouts I did in CrossFit, but it's a one-mile run. Um, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 100 and I'm sorry, 300 air squats and a mile run. And you can partition as needed and it's typically worn with a vest. There's a lot of debate, which we're not going to have tonight, on whether you're RX in it if you do it unpartitioned or partitioned. You know, but that's the you know, general sense of the workout. Gyms are going to let you kind of break it up however you want. You just have to get all that work done, you know, within a, you know, I, some gyms don't even have a time cap. Do you ever do it with a time cap? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially gyms that run multiple heats, there's a suggested time cap or a hard cutoff, but a lot of, I mean, listen, it's, it's a hero workout. It's kind of uh, one of the cornerstones of CrossFit and uh, it's roots back to uh, military special, special, especially special forces. Um, So it's not about your times. It's not about all the stuff that People try to make it some sort of ego trip. Uh, but yeah, time caps can be important to make sure that people don't end up doing something that takes them an hour and three quarters and they end up with rhabdo. So it's, it, it is sometimes important to add time caps in there because it helps people throttle their you know, stimulus and makes them right. take it a little easier. Well, let, let's break some of that down because I think that's the kind of the first debate I wanted to have is like, Murph is a hero wad. I think people want to uh, be respectful. And I I mean, that is exactly like it sounds like they want to take the hardest path possible because it's a hero wad. They feel like that's respectful to the person who lost their life. And and I guess that's what I wanted to discuss first is like, how do you know when you should and shouldn't uh, scale this? Because this is a yeah. hard, hard, hard workout. Sure. You know, with or without a vest, it's hard either way. Like, what are your yep. benchmarks for scaling this thing? So, a little bit of background is that this this workout is one that Murph actually wrote for himself, uh, which I find that fascinating. Not a lot of workouts are like that. Normally, we make workouts in honor of people. This workout was simply renamed in honor of him. He called it Body Armor. Um, so he did it as a part of his training regimen, and he was a Navy U.S. Navy SEAL. Um, so when, when you put that into perspective, you're like, oh, this is a workout that a U.S. Navy SEAL wrote for himself. Uh, and I have a feeling he did not partition it, but CrossFit.com allows, you know, the original way that they wrote it was like, you may partition the push-ups uh, or the pull-ups, push-ups and air squats, right? So that's originally how it was written. Who knows? Who cares whether he did a partition or not? I can assure you that he probably didn't care. Um, I can also assure you, uh, not putting words in anyone's mouths, but 
most people who are not U.S. Navy SEALs shouldn't they shouldn't expect to be able to do a U.S. Navy SEAL workout, especially with some sort of mindset of like, I'm doing it to prove myself or to honor someone. I can assure you, you getting rhabdo or ripping your hands into smithereens and not being able to exercise for weeks on end, um, that's probably not the way that he would like everyone to you know, remember him. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, uh, Michael Murphy, uh, his, his dad has actually commented on a few of our, our posts in the past, but based on what his dad has told me, yeah, we're singing the right tune. This isn't some workout where it's like, you need to do it exactly the way that everyone right. else is doing it or else you're, you're throwing shame and dishonor onto Michael and, and the U S Navy SEALs. Not at all. This is, you do the workout based on your level of fitness it should be a workout that absolutely kicks your butt, but that doesn't mean it needs to be RXed. So this workout should be difficult. I would say, yes, you're probably not doing it right if it's a walk in the park for you. If you do a half Murph and you're like, man, that was easy, then you probably should have done a little bit more than half Murph. But as long as the stimulus you're getting and the mindset that you're approaching the workout with, which is this isn't about me, this is about you know, remembering the lives of the fallen, specifically Michael or anyone else that you choose to honor that day. Um, and for the right reasons, then I think you're getting the right stimulus. So there's a delicate balance of like, yeah, it's a hero workout. It's designed to be freaking hard, but that doesn't mean you have to be macho or egotistical about it and say, I'm only doing it if it's RX and unpartitioned because I'm better than you. That is absolutely not the way you're supposed to do it. Oh, I've seen so many fights over this workout over the years. People just argue on exactly what you're saying. And people claiming that they know, like that they're like, he wouldn't have wanted you to do it this way. It's like, shut up. Like you don't, you don't know. <laughs> he's, he's dead because he yeah. sacrificed his life for other people to, for the freedom to, for us to all speak our free minds. But like, oh my gosh, I can assure you, no, like no actual person uh, who's like my, let's say someone I know is special forces. I can assure you, they do not care uh, how you do Murph. It's like, nah, dude, yeah, do, do whatever version you want to do and make sure it's hard and let's drink a beer afterwards and, and honor the people who, who have lost their lives in battle. Yeah. I doubt he'd care about our workout strategies. Um, yeah. I think the first thing people have to decide, are they going to vest or not vest? What's your benchmark for whether you should or shouldn't wear the vest? Ooh. That's a tough one because like I'm a big proponent of like I remember doing my first vested Murph having done it, you know, at my college gym without a vest for a while. And it was a whole different ball game. Oh, they're wildly different. <laughs> you don't think it would be, but they are wildly Specifically different. Specifically those push-ups, man. Oh my yeah. goodness. Um oh yeah. If you've never done it with a weight vest. And struggling to do Murph without a weight vest, but the, all the same reps is, is a, it is a struggle for you. Then I would consider perhaps adding a weight vest and then scaling down the reps. You could do a half Murph, which would be basically as easy as it sounds. You cut the run in half, you cut the reps in half, you cut the run in half, pretty simple. Um, but you, you do it with the weighted vest. Like that could be a cool iteration that exposes you to the, the suffer fest that is the vest but doesn't necessarily commit you to, all right, I said I was doing the full Murph RX 
And now, you know, I'm regretting my decisions and I'm afraid to scale in the middle of the workout. Um, if you are someone who's able to do it and you don't have an ego, you know, that can barely fit to the door, then try it with the vest. And when the wheels start to fall off the, the bus, allow yourself to scale back in the middle of the workout. Um, I'm perfectly fine with that as long as you go in with that intention. Um, but it, yeah, if you've never done Murph, I would maybe encourage you, unless you're a very fit individual, you would know that. But if you're not raising your hand or, or, or nodding, saying, I am really, really fit, then I would try Murph without a vest to start. Then maybe after a year or two, you can try with a vest, perhaps scaling the reps down. But you could be, uh, you know, ignorant to all of the suggestions and just try to go full send on it from the get-go. And I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> Dude, I, I didn't do a vest for like five years. Didn't even come, didn't even consider it. Like I, yeah. the very, the very first year I did like a progressive build toward it. And I'm not sure if this is a recommendation of people to do this, but it's how I did it. So the first year I did it, I did, um, half Murph, half mile runs on either side and then half the reps through it. And I, and I partitioned those. So I was doing five, 10, 15, five pull-ups, 10 pushups, 15 air squats. Um, and it took me forever. First year took me forever. It was miserable. Second year, I did full Murph, no vest. It also took me forever. I'm surprised I'm not still doing it. That's how long it took. It was terrible. Um, actually, they, they took about the same amount of time. First year, if I'm remembering right, and this is all from memory, it took me like 48 minutes. It was my first year in fitness. Second year, and it took me about like 45 minutes or something. Um third year I did it no vest it took me longer because it was like a thousand degrees in the gym and it was like wearing a vest it was literally so hot this is true story I walked there was a uh, a mop sink in the corner of the gym I walked over and just flipped the water on and just stuck my head under it that's how hot it was in the gym it was so bad I mean I didn't take my shirt off because I'm you know that's how I roll but it was miserable uh, and I did that for a couple of years until I finally was fit enough that I, I did really well in Murph one year without a vest. And then I'm like, all right, now it's time for a vest. Like that sure. was my benchmark. Like once I dropped under 40 minutes and I'm like, all right, I walked away from it and it wasn't too bad. Sure. I'm like, all right, I've got to step it up. Yeah. If I, you're touching the thirties without a vest, definitely. I would say it's time to, to embrace this offer. Now I'm curious after breaking sub 40, on an unvested Murph. Uh, do you remember what your time was the next year with a vest? Oh yeah. Yeah. So the year I broke it. So uh, the year I broke it, I was training at home. I left, left the affiliate for a while and I was training at home and I trained specifically for Murph and I did nothing but running squats, pull-ups and push-ups for like three months, like 90 days of Murph training. And <laughs> I was a pre- I was a pretty decent runner in those days. So I did it unvested in like 33 minutes. That's I was so doing, fast. I was doing, but it was seven minute runs on both sides. So you only had 14 minutes worth of running. And then that middle section, you know, you do the five, you know, the five, 10, 15 for 20 rounds. If you're doing each one in a minute, which I was, I was doing a little less than a minute. It's very doable. You know, mm-hmm. the following year I put the vest on and I, I want to say it took a minute. I took an hour seven. Like I doubled my time. It Different was so, ball yeah. game. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was so humiliating. Now I didn't train for it that year, 
but dude, it wrecked me. Like I got, I'm like, all right, I'll do well. So I go out and I run in the vest and I think I did the first mile in like eight and a half minutes or something, which I thought was pretty good in a vest. I was done, done. Like it was, oh my God. And then to your point, I got into push-ups and, you know, push-ups are pretty decent. Like I'm a lightish body weight, you know, push-ups are pretty good for me. I don't know. I'm like two rounds in (laughs) and I'm like, why am I breaking these up at the, you know, in threes and twos? It was so bad. Jeez. Yeah. The, the, I think the biggest thing with the vest, I mean, obviously running with the vest, the, the chafing that's involved, the, it's just jumping around sometimes. Uh, it feels very awkward and weird. But then, man, when you get to those, especially kipping pull-ups with the vest, if it's not secured, it's slapping all kinds of weird places. Um, but the push-ups will wreck you. That's where right. I've noticed, especially with a lot of CrossFitters, we don't do a lot of bench. It's really not that many push-ups programmed. Um, woo, I remember just getting beat to smithereens by those push-ups. Yeah. I don't know. I guess my suggestion for people is like, you've got to pick, you know, if you can get through all three of the movements and you don't like, they don't, you're not concerned by them, then that's got to be your choice for whether you wear the vest or not. Like if you know, you can do the 200 pushups and they're not going to wreck you, put a vest on because they will wreck you with a vest on. Yeah. But if you can't do 200 pushups is here's the best way to think about it. Like if you're doing a workout that has um, deadlifts, cleans and overhead squats you're obvious and they're all same weight you're obviously picking the overhead squat as the weakest of the three like you're not gonna overhead squat as much as you deadlift it's kind of the same thing with this like of those three the push-ups is the hardest movement anyone can do almost anyone can do an air squat and assuming you have pull-ups it's not i mean 100 pull-ups is a lot but comparatively to the other two movements it isn't right so it's the push-ups that are going to wreck you. There's 200 yeah, for, of them. For most people, the the push-up is in your de facto example. That would be the overhead squat. It's like the push-ups tend to be the limiter, and that's what you need to scale based on is the whatever the tougher is of the three movements for you. Well, and this is also assuming you do actual push-ups. You're not doing those little shitty half push-ups ooh, that people baby. like to do. Chest to deck, baby. I ooh, I. <laughs> I've done plenty of those. I don't know if I want to share this story, but I'm actually going to share this story. Uh, And this is, you know, he'd be fine sharing it because he'd be like, yeah, I own it. But I no rep the shit out of a Navy SEAL doing Murph. (laughs) No rep the shit out of him. (laughs) We actually filmed it at Wad Prep headquarters uh, because he he claimed to be able to break the record. And I was like, all right, dude, that's amazing. Like, I'll bring my videographer in and let's film it. Uh, Didn't happen. He's doing half push-ups. What yeah, yeah. And he's, he's just like, and at the end, he's he, you know, he owned up to it. He's just like, man, yeah, like you're right. I did not realize the standard was like that, and that was that strict. And back to the drawing board. I, you know, my Murph time isn't as fast as I thought it was. And I'm like, all oh, good, brother. Um, yeah. So that that was that's it was a it was tough to do my first no rep. <laughs> it was like, oh, yeah. should I? But we did it. The the only caveat though you get or the only benefit you get of wearing the vest is you actually have a slight less range of motion because you now have a vest on your chest. Yeah, we can call it we can we can, you know, make lemonade lemonade out of lemons. Yeah, <laughs> technically your range of motion is slightly shorter, but woof, it's tough. It's it's a different dynamic though. Like I've been wearing that vest the last three days. I've been doing a lot of push-ups and and doing a lot of different rep schemes to 
get comfortable in the vest again because there is a comfort level you have to have in wearing it. You can't just go put it on and go do a workout. Like you need yeah. to practice in it. And the range of motion in the vest doing push-ups is different than the range of motion not doing push-up or you know not wearing the vest. But man, that extra twenty pounds is debilitating. It just sucks the life out of you. Yep, it's crazy what it does to you. To be honest, yep. like I today's workout. Um, if you're doing prep, like I would suggest, you know, doing a lot of different, a lot of variety leading into this and building your, uh, you know, building rep schemes over the next, you know, four weeks. And so today I stole a workout for Mayhem. It was, uh, or is, three seven-minute AMRAPs, uh, 200-meter run, um, 10 strict pull-ups, rest three minutes, seven-minute run, 15 I'm sorry, 200 meter run, seven minute interrupt, 200 meter run, 15 push ups, three minute rest. And then you do another seven minute AMRAP of 200 meter run and 25 air squats. And so, depending on how fast you're running, it's like three to four rounds each one. So, you're, but you're knocking out enough push ups, pull ups, and air squats that you really feel it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, and those push ups are just so different in sets of 15. Like, without a vest, I'd be cranking those out in 15. and run because it just feels like you're being weighted down and then you're doing push-ups and sets of threes and fives it just it is not fun yep it's gnarly i'm a, i mean i i love when i'm hitting murph i always try to figure out how i can never let a movement like if i am doing the partition version last year i did the partition version version in san diego um which is the home of uh u.s navy seal training camp um that was awesome, but we did a partition there, and my whole thought was, I don't want any one movement to slow me down. So anytime I got to the point, you know, I basically broke up my reps so that whenever I got to slowing down on the push-ups normally, I was already I was done that set and moving on to the next one, and that really helps. If you're sitting there and you do a rep and then you uh, have to recover before hitting the next rep, you're sacrificing a lot of time. How do you normally break it up? Do you do 5, 10, 15, or do you do something different? I played around with a few things. Uh, two years ago, I did it straight through. That was gnarly. Um, and that for that one, I broke it up very, very early, very heavily, meaning like I was doing super small sets to make sure I never redlined. But if you are doing the partitioned route where you're doing, you know, 20 rounds of Cindy, which is, you know, the 5, 10, 15 or what I've liked recently, and this is what I suggest in a lot of my videos, is something along the lines of five pull-ups. I think it's 20 rounds of five pull-ups, five push-ups, 15 air squats, five push-ups. And what that does is it breaks up the push-ups. And then this is a whole nother can of worms that I haven't, I don't have the math off the top of my head, but what a lot of people have started doing, and I think this might be the fastest way to do it is to front load your air squats. So do basically, I don't know, 15 rounds or 12 rounds or whatever rounds of the various combination of pull-ups, push-ups, and then air squats, but front load your air squats. So there, there, be, there comes a time later in the reps where you're done all of your air squats and all you have to focus on are pull-ups and push-ups. So that once you're done the pull-ups and push-ups, you immediately go into that run and your legs almost feel fresh again. Fresh as in air quotes, everyone. 
Yeah. Um, so that's, <laughs> that might, if depending on, I actually am going to be traveling on Memorial day. So I think I'm going to hit it either Saturday or Sunday before I leave for this, um, trip. I will, I might try that route to see if I like it, try front loading the air squats and also splitting up the pushups. So I'm not redlining on the pushups and see how that goes. I've done that before. I'm not sure it helped me. I, I've tried them all. Like, let's let's talk about all the ways you could break it up. So there's the traditional, unbroken, one mile, 100, 200, 300, one mile. That's, I think that's the sadomasochist version, per, personally. Yeah, that's it's the, the, hardest, it's the, hard, hardest, it's the hardest one, for sure. Yeah, 200 push-ups and a weight vest? No, no thank you. I don't like that. Uh, and then there's the other traditional, which is the 5, 10, 15 for 20 rounds. You do a mile run, 20 rounds of Cindy, mile run. And I think that one tends to be the easiest for most people because it's, I don't know. For me, I could always just, I could make 20 check marks and just mark them off. And it never seemed to, it was daunting, but it didn't seem impossible. It's only 20. Yeah, I would just argue yeah. that that I've seen a lot of people hit brick walls on that one in, during the pushups. Those sets oh, yeah, of 10 sure. push-ups eventually get you, and then you're breaking it up into two or three sets, and then it just slows you way down. Have you ever tried 50 rounds of 246? I haven't. There's just something inside of me that makes me not want to do that. Because <laughs> it's just, I don't know why. Maybe I should try it this year. It just seems, I don't know. Here, two, here's four and six like it's so small. it's so much i know it's so much and i this was an arm and hammer thing for those that have been around crossfit long enough and have listened to armin uh he was like the og of talk crossfit podcasts videos whatever he's still an og <laughs> but uh this was his thing he was like yeah two four it's easier because and if you struggle with pull-ups i might suggest this to you because you're always going to stay fresh on the pull-ups. Almost anybody can do two. And if you can't do two, maybe you should, you know, you need to not be thinking about doing a hundred. You need to scale the whole thing Correct. down in half, yeah. you know, but almost anybody can do two. And to your point around the push-ups, almost anybody can do four, even in a weight vest. Yeah. The problem with this rep scheme is it's 50 freaking rounds and it's a ton of transition time. So you just can't stop. Like, otherwise you're going to spend, it's 100, 150 transitions. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, you're going to spend your life in transition. Like yeah. it's just not going to be fun for you. I mean, but, the key the key for that one is obviously like you need to do it like under the pull up bar, and it's just like mm -hmm. per, like you do your pull ups, you drop and do your push ups, and then you do your squats, and then you're back. Like you just have to get so smooth at doing it, and yeah, that would that would be I don't know. There's a lot of transitions for sure. It's a ton like it, but I, I think if you struggle with pull-ups, it could be certainly be a good solution. If pull-ups and push-ups are what you're worried about, yeah. it could be a good solution. I guess it's possible. You could say, all right, I'm going to do 50 rounds of two, four. And to your point, front load those air squats. Yeah. That could be a really interesting. You could uh, do the air squats in twelves instead yeah. of sixes. Yeah. And then, and so basically you're going to do 25 rounds of, you know, two, four, twelve. And then you're going to do another 25 rounds of two and four. Yeah. But now it's like, I don't know. Again, now at that point, you're, you're what you're basically you're overthinking it. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe it's all about like what, you know, I understand we're all trying to optimize our scores, right? 
And if this workout popped up during the open, I'd be right there with you. And I would be optimizing every little thing and calculating, but that's not what the purpose of this workout is. It's not to beat your buddy at Murph. It's to, it's to honestly, to suffer a bit and do a really freaking hard workout because it is just a small, teeny, tiny, almost infinitesimal taste of the struggle that, um, you know, the soldiers that we're honoring have gone through and unfortunately lost their lives in battle. So it's just like, I'm not advocating the breakup to get your best time possible. Cause I'm with yeah. you. Like I'm not trying to beat somebody on this. I'm trying to survive it. And yeah. I think that's where people are struggling is the, you know, if they struggle with pull-ups and push-ups, they can do that volume, but they don't want to hit that brick wall you're talking about. And then add 20 minutes to their time. It's like, yeah. how do you get like the, your time? Like the, here's the truth of it is your time is going to be 40 plus minutes. Any way you look at it, it's going to be between 40 and 60 minutes. And, and the bulk of the time is going to be spent in that middle section. Like your run is your run. Every, I, I would hope everyone listening to this knows what their run time is going to be. If you don't go run a mile today, now, you know, like that's it. Like just figure that out, but you're going to spend a lot of time in the middle and you got to optimize that time. And that's the, I think yeah. the struggle. I always do five, 10, 15 every time. Yeah. And do you find yourself slowing down on the pushups? Um, a little bit like the last five rounds, a little, um, I, I break up early. I used to not do that. I used to, when I was not wearing a vest, it's not a big deal. Like I could kind of blaze through it without a vest, but in a vest, I break up early. So that's okay, so you're, so you're not, you're not saying you're doing those sets of five, 10 and 15 completely unbroken. Okay. I don't think I'll do any sets of 10 unbroken. Gotcha. At all. I'll do five, come up to my knees for a second, relax my arms, another five. And I'll do that for 10 rounds. And then when I get into the second 10 rounds, I'll do three, break, two, break, three, break, two, break. And, you know, they're not long breaks. Like I'm literally looking at the clock and counting the seconds. And I'm giving myself five seconds for my arms to reset. And then I'm knocking them back out. Mm -hmm. Just just enough to get that kind of mental reset, arm reset, and keep going. Um, If you're down to singles, you've probably made a mistake somewhere. Sure. Like. You know, and to your point, you could still front load like, you know, there's no there's no rule that says it has to be five, 10, 15. You could do five to five, 10, 15 for a while and then then do five, five, 15 for a while and leave some pull ups or push ups for the end. Like Mm -hmm. whatever's going to get you through it, you only have to get to the total number. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. There's there's so many different variations and versions that you can do. I just, I would just caution people to make it so complicated. They're not going to be able to stick with it in the heat of battle. And then they lose count. And then they're just like, ah! <laughs> you know, it's like really important. You keep your count. I think, um, how so do you, you keep don't count? make it too complicated? Say do, what? You, do you, do you take a whiteboard with you? Oh, I'm you a do whiteboard guy. Count? If I don't have a whiteboard, I'm, I'm worthless. I can't count. In the, in the old days we had, uh, little sticks of chalk in the gym and I'd write right on the rig and coaches frown on that. Now, for some reason, they don't want you writing on the rig anymore. I don't know what their problem is. Uh, we would also do it on the ground next to us. And I would just mark them out as I go, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if your gym allows that, it's a great strategy. If it doesn't go get yourself a tiny little whiteboard and figure out your strategy and mark them off as you go, man. Like, yep. cause I can't tell you, I, matter of fact, I redid Murph one year because I miscounted. Yeah, and that's a, it's the worst feeling in the world. Um, I'm I'm with you. A lot of people 
they do tally marks and it's just like, what are you doing? Like they, especially if it's like a whiteboard, it's like, Oh, I grab my pen, take the cap off. Cause we don't leave uncapped whiteboard markers. That was my biggest pet theme of owning a gym. <laughs> and then you make a mark and then you cap it. Right. Or even if you leave it uncapped, it's like, you have to do something every time. And then you have to like, is that four? Okay. Now I cross the hatch. No, just freaking write the number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all the way until 20 or to 50, depending on how many rounds of whatever scheme you're doing. And then literally just every single time, take your finger and just wipe it off, wipe it off, wipe it off, wipe it off. And every round you go through, you're just wiping off that number that will save you so much time and mental energy. For me, it's always about, I need a foolproof way because my CrossFit math gets really crappy the farther into a workout I go. And it's not intentional. Like, you know, I, I know people would like to make fun and say, oh yeah, sure it does, buddy. But no, it really like, my brain gets foggy quick. Oh yeah. Like really quick. And so I, I just figure out what my rep scheme is and then tell myself I can't change the rep scheme. And so if I'm doing 5, 10, 15, I've got 20 check marks. And every time I do a round, I mark off that check mark. That way, when I know I'm at the end, I'm done. Like, I don't yeah. have to worry about it. Cause I've in the past, I've done kind of what you're describing. I've done, you know, hitting the little tallies as I go. I'm like mixing up my rounds and going, well, I'll just say 15 for the next round. And the year I had to redo it, like I've the, I was done. I'm like, wow, I PR'd it. And then I went back and started doing the math. I'm like, oh, crap, I missed 30 air squats. Mm. And I was so mad at myself. And I went, I came back in the, ne- the very next day, by the way, came back in the next day and redid it just to make sure that I got it done. Cause I felt bad. Like it's, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of with you on, for me, it's about honoring who came before us. And sure. I don't know. I felt like I shorted him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know that's silly and probably not necessary, but there's just something in me. It was like, man, I can't do that. I got to come yeah. back and do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily suggest that if you do happen to, let's say miss 30 air squats, Maybe do it the next weekend. But I, I mean, I respect the hustle. Like I, I totally understand why I probably would have done the same thing. Right. But as scale and bill podcast host and coach, uh, something, unless you are prepared for that level of volume, something I would cautious, I would caution against because rhabdo is a very real thing for a workout like Murph. A lot of people push themselves to a degree that they haven't pushed in a really long time. A lot of people's first uh, introduction to a CrossFit workout happens to be Murph. It's it's no wonder we have issues with retention sometimes. Um, (laughs) Right. And like, yeah, you're going to be sore from this workout. There's kind of no avoiding that. But especially when you combine the festivities of Memorial Day, let's say you you push yourself way beyond your capacities just because you're trying to keep up with someone or you're trying to honor you know, for the right reasons, but you push yourself way harder than you ever would. And then on the back end, all your like, you immediately go to an, into a day of excessive alcohol consumption. That's a recipe for rhabdo. Um, so I'm not going to say don't drink a beer, don't, you know, whatever, have a good time, but like you do need to dedicate some time to rest and recovery, especially when it comes to Murph, because Murph is going to break your body down more than a lot of your other workouts. How do you treat the first mile, first mile run? How hard do you run it? I run it at a, I would say like a conservative pace. So like I hold myself back from running as fast as I want to. So for me, that'd be like 80%, something like that effort, 
85% effort maybe. I just, I leave a little in the tank because I know that I'm going to need it. And when I go into the final run, I'm, you know, I'm going to be like, where did all of this extra energy go that I left in the tank? But it, it's something that enables me to, like, I would say I leave a little bit in the tank on the run and I leave a little bit in the tank the first few rounds of the, of the reps. I think a lot of people get caught into this trap of they come back from the run and they're like, wow, that was easy. I feel great. Now I'm going to crush it when they haven't even come close to completing half of the workout yet. I like to really start pushing it towards the latter half of my reps in the, the pull-ups, push-ups, and air squats. Can, can you describe what 80% feels like? 80% is, let's mm, uh, see. It's a pace that I feel like if, if Dave Castro came out and said, ha-ha, surprise, you got to run it again, I'd be able to maintain the same pace on that second run. That was a CrossFit Games reference for everyone who was... <laughs> I think that... Um... I don't know. For me, I want to be able to come in off that run and immediately get to work. If you have to stand around for a minute after running, you've done something. Oh yeah. You that's, I I almost like forgot to even mention that level. Like you should absolutely not come back from the first run and be too tired to do pull-ups, push-ups and air squats, right? Like you just ran, it shouldn't affect your pull-ups and push-ups and your air squats should be inconsequential um, for most. So I, yeah, for sure. My, my best description is 80% for me is I can still talk while I'm running. So I'm not struggling to talk, but I'm not enjoying talking. Sure. Does that I make feel sense? Like the definition of like RPE seven or like seven. And this is where my lack of, um, you know, all my lack of actually remembering the stuff that I've learned in terms of training uh, science and stuff like that. But I'm pretty sure 75% Effort is technically an effort that you should be able to maintain for roughly an hour, if I'm not mistaken. That could be totally wrong, and I screwed it up, and I'm, I'm mixing up numbers. But bottom line is, eighty percent is like eighty percent should like suck a little, but you should be able to go do it again if asked to do it again at the same pace. Yeah, I ju- I just try to pick a pace for the whole thing: the run, the middle part, and the second run. I kind of like for them to be the all the same heart rate. Sure, if that makes sense. So like. I tried it for me, like if I were just out running and there wasn't going to be that middle work part, I tried to get my heart rate up probably 145 to 150. That's a pretty good run pace for me for, for that 40 minute, 40 to 60 minute amount of time. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be doing that middle work portion, I'm probably going to dial it back a little. And I try to get it around 125, which is about 70% of my work. Like I can talk as I'm doing it. I'm not loving talking, but I can. And I should be able to continue to talk as I'm doing my 20 rounds, but I'm not stopping either. You're not, you should, there should never be a moment where you're grabbing your knees, where you're struggling for breath. You shouldn't be walking around in circles. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot that kind of goes on there. And then when you're done, you should be able to go out and start running again. And it's going to feel like you're running in quicksand because you, to your point earlier, you've just done 600 reps or whatever the rep scheme yeah. is. But um, but you should be able to go out and, and get back to work. Yeah. And, my and entire kind of pacing strategy out. for all of Murph. And I know I have this, you know, of course I have videos about this on the internet. Um, I have an old five years ago, actually, uh, Murph tips video. Maybe I should remake that. I also have a COVID version that's about how to do Murph without equipment, but 
long story short, my goal for pacing is to go just slow enough so that I don't have to rest during the workout. So that means I divide my reps and sets and you know right. movements accordingly so that I never have to stop due to anything other than a transition, right? Like that's built in rest. I should never do a rep, sit there and wait around and then do more of that reps. That's, that's my thought is if I can eliminate all transitions and pace the run slow enough so that I can carry it right into all the reps and I pace those and divide up the, the movements enough so that I can go straight from there into a run. There's no time for actual rest built in. That's when I think I've hit the sweet spot. It's easier said than done, but I think that's a sweet spot for pacing. Yeah. It's, it's a hard one to pace. I, it, oh, yeah. I've, thought, I've thought that for a long time and it's hard because the workout is not one. I hate to use that term, but it's kind of a common CrossFit term. It's not one on the run. Yeah. You know, on either side, like, you know, you, you could have your best run ever and destroy what's going to happen to you in the middle. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it's about finding the pace that really works for you. And it's kind of the same thing with if you were rowing or biking or whatever, like you just don't want to blow out your lungs before you have to get in that middle section. You want to be able to come in and get to work and stay to work. And because yeah. it's unfortunately, it's a lot of work. It is. There's a lot of work. It's a lot more work than most people are used to doing in a single unbroken session. Where are you doing it this year? I don't know, because I'm going to be out of town uh, starting on that Sunday afternoon, like going through, I'm traveling on the on Memorial Day, actually. So I don't know. Maybe I try to do, it all depends on, I'll be in like France, I think, for a day or something like that on the back end of the flight. So maybe I can get lucky and try to find a gym uh, in France that I can just completely ruin my reputation and just crash and burn after a really long flight. Wait, you have a reputation in France? I did not know this. No, 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 I don't probably. So they just be like, man, that WAPREP guy doesn't really know how to exercise very well. Um, Or I might do it on my own. Like I kind of treat it as a bit of, you know, know, it's it's meditative for me. Like I might just do it alone, no music at WAPREP on Saturday morning or Sunday morning of that weekend. I do actually realize I have a bar muscle up seminar doing a bar muscle seminar at CrossFit Vantage or Vantage Movement um, on the Saturday before Murph. And I'm just like, I better not tear anyone's hands before Murph. So that's going to be a challenge, but we're, we'll focus on the on the theory and not so much on all the reps because I would hate to be the reason why someone can't do Murph on the following Monday. Dude, I've done the last two years of Murph at home alone. Yeah. And it sucks. So if you... I would highly suggest go find an affiliate somewhere, dude. Don't do it alone. It is not fun. Oh, I, mean, I, love, I, I love that kind of suffering, though. Suffering alone is one of my favorites. Really? I God, I hated it. Like, it's, it, like a, it's, I don't choose to do it very often, but for something like this, it would be like, you know what? Yeah, this is something where I literally, I wouldn't play any music. I would just do it. Um, me, and it this, would, is, this is one for me, though, that's all about community. Like, there I is love a being strong community others, aspect, you know? yeah. Hopefully I can, hopefully I can find a gym in the area that's, or like a crew that's going to do it Saturday or, you know, doing it Saturday before a bar muscle seminar probably isn't my best, smartest decision ever. So I'll find a crew hopefully in the Denver area that I can do it with. And I got my vest. I'm ready to, ready to, ready to suffer. It's, you know, I'm haven't been prioritizing my fitness really uh, over my hobbies lately. So 
I'm sure it will be a, a struggle fest, but that's that's the beauty of Murph is it's designed to embrace the struggle. You're working on a good two days a week now. You'll be fine. Ish, maybe. It, it depends on the week. Yeah. I think last week was once. Um, yeah, I, but I'm okay <laughs> with that. Like I really, I used to beat myself up a lot because being the owner of a fitness company, I'm like, well, I got to work out every day or five days a week. But I realized that like the fitness that I preach and the fitness that I love is like fitness. It's fun. And for me right now, I'm flexing pretty hard on, I just love my hobbies. Uh, so mountain biking for a couple hours or backcountry snowboarding where I climb to the top of a mountain and snowboard down. Like those are just as much fitness is involved in those as a traditional inside the gym, uh, fitness session. So I'm, I'm very lenient with myself on what I call, you know, a, a workout day. Uh, per se, but we should do a whole, we'll do a whole episode on that sometime. Cause I had the yeah. same revelation over the weekend. I'm, I'm in this lawn battle with my next door neighbor. He doesn't know it, but I'm winning. Um, I have this new neighbor who, uh, they just moved in and I don't even know them, but my old neighbor would mow his yard and that was it. He was done. Like there was nothing else, you know, but this new guy's decided he's going to do weeding and mulching and mowing and weed eating and everything possible for, uh, yard. And I'm like, damn it. Now I got to step up my game. You know, I got to like really get on it. We should and have, we should have my coach CJ back on. He is a yard fiend. He well, wins best yard of the year every single year in his neighborhood. Well, I'm not that guy, but I'm not gonna let this guy out do me. So I'm out working in the yard on Saturday. Guy. Yeah. I'm like out, that guy. No, I'm not, but I'm out working in the yard on Saturday and uh, I did a lot of work. And by the time the day was done, I was exhausted. And I was like, man, I feel like I just, I feel like I did a workout, like a hard workout. I was wrecked, you know, oh, and yeah. you know, it's between, you know, lugging stuff around and weeding and cleaning and whatever. And as I was thinking, I'm like, I don't think people count that as a workout. And I think they should. My you know? dad sends me his Fitbit data every time he does yard work, every single time. He shows me his Fitbit data of yard work. It's hilarious, but also true. Like there's a, there's a lot of fitness things that you can do outside of the gym that very much count as fitness. It's about making those, those things work together and not be mutually exclusive. Well, I think we should do an episode on things you can do and count as fitness and not have to do cleans and thrusters. And oh my gosh. I would love to talk about that. All right. Next week. That'll be next week's topic. Um, we're going to talk about pickleball the whole time. Yes. Well, <laughs> I'm doing Murph at CrossFit Distinction, which is where I started. Excellent. Ago. So 10 years later, I'm coming back to where I started. Is it on and Monday? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're doing it on Monday and uh, I'm excited. Like the very first time I did it, I did half Murph. And so now a decade later, I'm doing full Murph. And I think I can beat my half Murph time from a decade ago, 10 years older. And uh, that would be extraordinary if you could document that, because that, that just shows the power of, uh, of CrossFit or power of functional fitness is here you are 10 years older in an age that most people would say like, oh, yeah, of course, you're going to get less fit in, you know, from the age of what, 45 to 55 or something like that. Yeah. Or 40, however, however old you are. I, I don't know, because age is just a number. But that'd be a great thing to show people like, look, we are getting fitter as we get older, even beyond the ages of thirties and forties. Yeah. I got to figure out how fast I think I should be able to do it compared to then. Uh, that's what I don't know. I mean, I'm it kind of, you know, I got four weeks to do prep and it's not like I don't work out before. So it's, you know, I'm not cramming for it, but um, it's a tough test. And to your point, I'm 10 years older. So I'm, 
I'm trying to give myself some grace here. 10 years ago, I didn't wear a vest. I did half Murph. So, you know, I, I think I'd be pretty happy if I'm in the fifties somewhere, you know, maybe I could get my age 51, 51 minutes. That's a good goal, right? I like it. That's how old you are. Or now I remember. That seems pretty oh. damn fast though. I don't know if that's too fast. Maybe I should say 61 minutes, get myself a 10 minute window. What do you think? I think you can do it. 51 seems doable. Really? I mean, especially if you have a specific time that you're trying to beat, really hammer in, you know, do some math, do some crazy rep schemes to optimize it. So you're not resting at all, but I think you can do it. Make sure you look at that clock going into the final run, man. If it's like, if it's like 10 minutes left or like nine minutes or even eight minutes, just, just let it all hang out. Let it rip. I did it. In, I did it in like 57 last year. Oh yeah. You got this dude. So I feel like I should be, I should be able to get You're in the low 50s. So. This year, you've got this. I am lighter. So that, that helps putting on the vest feels like I put the weight back on and that sucks. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm running better now. So we'll see. I mean, you know, a lot can change between now and then, but all right, dude, well, this is fun. Hopefully we help some people figure out what the heck they're going to do with Murph. Yeah. I would love if anyone has any follow-up questions, uh, I'm, I feel free to DM me. I get a lot, lot less DMs than people probably think. Um, so I, especially if you lead with listen to scale and bail, that will help you me filter you and your comments from the weird ones that I get on a very consistent <laughs> basis. So we'll I would love to be able to answer. Uh, and if you have any questions or anything like that for the next few episodes, we'd love to love to hear them. We should do some episodes on your weird ones too. That'd be yeah. fun. Yeah, if we don't get questions, then John's just going to ramble about his guitars, and we can't have that. Hey, look at these things. They're gorgeous, right? They are. They're business write-offs. Don't forget it. I know. Business write-offs. Those are my fitness guitars. (laughs) All right. Well, this is fun, Ben. For everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us, and we will chat with you guys next week.